0: Welcome to North Star Physical Therapy Podcast. I'm Dr. Shirley North, and with over a decade of clinical expertise in the areas of pelvic floor conditions, lymphatic conditions, and chronic neurological diseases, I have a wealth of medical knowledge that I wanna share with you all. In this podcast, I will answer the most common questions I receive from clients, family members, and fellow clinicians. Our purpose is not only to answer questions, but to educate you so you can make the best decision for your optimal health. This podcast is a perfect to listen on your way home from work, while you're on your daily walk, or just taking 15 and 20 minutes for yourself. Again, welcome to North Star Physical Therapy Podcast and get ready for us to guide you to optimal health. Hey guys, Dr. Shirley North here and today we're going to be talking about pelvic floor assessment. As a physical therapist and a public floor specialist, this is a question I get asked on the daily. Um, What happens during the examination? What am I looking for as a physical therapist? And so today's episode is going to be what we look at subjectively and objectively, and that will help coordinate and collaborate with you on a proper assessment and a plan of care. So oftentimes you know, physical therapy isn't necessarily correlated with your pelvis, right? Uh, Unfortunately, that is a common myth out there that as pelvic floor therapists, we are all trying to debunk and work collaboratively with urologists and gynecologists, oncologists, all the (laughs) ists, right, that anything that can affect those muscles, the joints, the nerves, um, the sensation, all those things. There are specialists for everything, I know. But a physical therapist is really a a great uh, collaborator and looks holistically at the person. And pelvic health is a big thing that's finally starting to make a wave in the medical community. There's still so much more we have to work on, and it really starts with you. It starts with being comfortable talking to your provider about what's going on in your pelvis and with the other podcasts that are available uh, for you to listen to, what the functions are in your pelvis. And those functions are what we're looking for as a physical therapist, making sure that things are in right alignment, things are functioning correctly. Um, So your urinary, uh, bladder, bowel, and sexual function Is all okie-dokie and up to that optimal health for your quality of life. It is a daily thing, right? We use our pelvis every single day, multiple times during the day. So we want to make sure it is optimally being used. So first things first, as a physical therapist, we are taught to take a really good, thorough, subjective examination. So there are probably a bunch of questions that are being asked of you. All of those answers that you're giving help dictate what we're going to be looking at objectively. We're not just going to sit there and willy-nilly go through a whole long thing. We really want to find out what is going on. What is the root of the problem? We don't want to just continue putting a band-aid on things. So we're asking a really good comprehensive medical history Surgical history, what medications are you currently on? Because some of those have side effects um, that can affect the pelvic floor function. Your lifestyle. Are you more active, moving about, sedentary with your work uh life? What are the leisure activities that you like to do? What are your hobbies that you like to do? Is your pelvic floor um and the symptoms that you're having affecting that? What are those specific symptoms? Is there a pattern of behavior of them? Is there a severity? Um, We're looking at all of those things and more during our subjective examination. So please don't get upset if it's like 20 questions asking, you know, or maybe some of these questions haven't asked before, but we're looking at it at a different light. So your answers are crucial. And sometimes we also will Asked to qualify. Like just say, for example, I have pelvic pain. Okay, where is that pain? When is that happening? From zero to ten, right? Describe that pain. Is it soreness? Is it burning? So we're really trying to get these more detailed answers to help paint that clinical picture that will help drive our objective examination. So objectively, we're looking at In the whole picture taking a step back looking at your posture from the head down from the feet up okay your pelvis is the keystone of your body it is the middle so what happens above and below is very important how you're sitting how you're standing does that give rise on some compensations that happened with that surgical history was there orthopedic injury or a trauma that may have created some compensations and now years later we're having pelvic floor dysfunction yes it all ties together that you know when the foot bone is connected to the knee bone right that little song actually rings true for the pelvic floor so we're looking at posture we're looking at skin right how healthy is this tissue is there any irritation there um there are you know for those um that were born with a vagina there are going to be some hormonal changes um when you reach perimenopause and menopause and postmenopause and we want to make sure that that hormonal change didn't affect the health of that tissue down there because that could cause some pain in the vulvar vulvular area um Is there any skin tissue, or sorry, scar tissue from that prior surgery? Was there an episiotomy there? Was there a prostatectomy? Was there a hysterectomy? Where did they go in? Was there a C section? Was there even in the abdominal region, may not be right at the pelvis, it might be more was there a gallbladder removed? Was there an appendix removed? Was there a prior um, colon issue? So those tissues are all very connected through connective tissue called fascia. And some of the pelvic floor muscles are connected with that fascia of the organs. So if things are going on there, it might also create a tension issue at the pelvic floor muscle, which could give rise to any dysfunction there. We're looking at the spine range of motion, your hip and knee range of motion we're looking at any um, coordination and sensation um, differences or changes or difficulties um, in that region as well. So when I'm doing a true pelvic assessment, okay, so we're taking, we took the big picture, we're looking at everything, taking a step back, any orthopedic, you know, bigger, bigger muscles, bigger joint center, um, connected the pelvis, got all that okay so but now maybe it's time for getting to the pelvis okay so sometimes my first day with somebody is strictly education sometimes it is education plus um that bigger picture assessment sometimes i don't even get to that external internal pelvic assessment that first day And that's really okay, all right? It is really the comfort of the client. We want to create a non-biased, safe environment. At any point, if there is any kind of uncomfortable feeling, whether it be from the clinician or from the client, that is where we stop. We make sure it is a safe place. So if there is any prior sexual trauma or if there's any trigger from either party, that's a good time to take a little break and let's readdress this another time. There are definitely plenty of things that we can work on without even touching the pelvis. However, for those that it's really, okay, we've we've mastered, you know, these bigger picture items and we really need to get to the pelvic assessment. This is a big education piece. I'm having my model. I really, really make sure everybody's well-informed of what I'm looking at how it relates to what maybe the primary care physician looked at, how it relates to what maybe the gynecologist or the urologist looked at um, at the organ level. And I'm just complementing it at the musculoskeletal level. Okay. So from the outside, whether you were born with female or male genitalia does not matter to me. (laughs) Okay. And... Um, so we're looking at that external layer of the pelvic floor. We're looking at those the skin integrity, the sensory um, assessment. I'm asking to, okay, go ahead and do your Kegel. Activate that pelvic floor from the outside. What kind of movement am I seeing? Now I want you to bear down like you're having a bowel movement. What kind of movement am I seeing? There's some reflexes we look at. So there are there's a lot that we can see even just externally. For those therapists that claim they are pelvic floor therapists and they do not assess or know how to assess internally, this is a disservice to clients. You always want to make sure your pelvic floor therapist can perform an external and internal assessment if necessary. Okay, So many times I have gotten clients that have come and say, yeah, they didn't do anything internally. And I was fine if they did, but they didn't do it because they they, they didn't know how and they didn't get the training. That's really a disservice to that client. That was a waste of time. That was a waste of potential insurance benefit. Please make sure when you are seeking help for a therapist, they can do both for you. Okay, so that's a little tidbit <laughs> for today. So internally, again, with whatever genitalia you may have been born with, We want to make sure that that pelvic floor muscle tissue can turn on when it needs to, can turn off when it needs to, can relax, can be coordinated, okay? So we are, yes, inserting either vaginally, if that's accessible, and or rectally. And with a gloved finger, maybe it's a little bit of lubricant. This can be done, yes, supine, side-lying. Or standing, I love to be able to perform a standing functional pelvic assessment because what might be happening when you're lying down versus against gravity can paint a totally different picture. So yes, we are inserting finger digitally with gloves with a little bit of lubrication. We are asking you to contract. We want to see the strength of that muscle. We want to see how long to you hold it for. We want to see, can you turn it on? Can you turn it off? Does it um, hold that strength the whole time? Does it fully relax before it brings on another contraction? Okay, we then are palpating. So yes, just like how um, externally we might be palpating your arm muscles or your leg muscles for any trigger points, any tightness, any tenderness, any scar tissue, it's the same thing for this muscle group. It just so happens to be Internally, okay. Um, so I always am asking my client permission with every step of the way. So it might get a little annoying, but I want to make sure we are moving forward together in the right way. And I think most pelvic floor physical therapists do exactly that, okay. We want to make it a safe place. And so we are measuring that muscle strength, that endurance repetition at that maximal strength and a frequency so a little bit of a coordination so i have them you know be able to turn on and off um how many times can you do that in 10 seconds it gives us a really good picture of what we're working with are there any compensations with other muscle groups turning on like your glutes and your abs or your hip muscles Um, do we need to use those compensations do we need to take those away Are we really tight and we need to down train or relax so that way we can bring on a full contraction? Um, I'm outside the DC, uh, you know, metro area here in Northern Virginia, and I cannot tell you how many people over Kegel or hold their stress in their pelvic region and we need to get them to relax (laughs) before we do any kind of strengthening. Sometimes we don't even need to train Kegels because they got it or they don't need that. Okay. Okay. So we are looking at all those things objectively internally there. If we're looking at a rectal um, assessment, we're also looking at the tone of the anal sphincters. There are two layers to those An anal sphincter. One we can control uh, voluntarily, uh, which is the external sphincter. One is completely involuntarily, and that's the internal sphincter. So I am screening some possible neurological things going on there. If I feel no tone, there's something that can we, you know, compensate that through the external sphincter, or do we really need to help consult um, other medical management? We are also introducing some outcome measures, like some questionnaires. Um, This can be a subjective, you know, thing, but one tries to bring an objective scoring, so we would have you fill out those questionnaires in the very beginning maybe you know a couple you know weeks or a couple months into therapy to see how our progress is going and then again you know at the end or at discharge. I love being able to show the numbers there um, to really show that we're making a lot of good progress. Um, Not only does it help for insurance coverage but it also helps for the client to really say like yeah these feelings that I'm having you know these things that I'm subjectively reporting, it is truly making a change. And so with all of this, you know, and more things that we're looking at within a public floor assessment, you can now understand how comprehensive it is. Posture, muscles, joints, um, scar tissue, medical history, um, your mobility, what are the activities that you need to do, that you want to do, um, your symptoms, on um, all of those things, familial, you know, history of things. Was there any sexual trauma that we need to work through in terms of collaborating with some other allied healthcare professionals? Are there any dietary considerations and hydration concerns um, that we might also need to take place? Um yeah, how are medications affecting things? We are not people that adjust the dosage or prescribe medications. However, we can certainly suggest you being an advocate to your physician who did prescribe those things or say, hey, my symptoms are getting better. Maybe we can reduce some of this. You know, it doesn't hurt to have this open dialogue with your therapist to help you be your advocate to your other medical professionals. We then take all of these um, results and all of these answers and interpret them, create a good plan of care. And I love to have these mutual uh, achievable goals with my clients. It all depends on what's going on, what the severity is, what's also on board for this client. Um, typically, most clients are between one and two times a week. It might be twice a week at start if there some orthopedic things we need to work through. Oftentimes, I like to... Um, you know, be able to taper down a one time a week because whatever tip or trick or technique that we work on exclusively within our session, you need time to carry that over. Um, and so, with that carryover, that will help shed some light on hey, did that work? Did it not? Can we progress next session? So, I really like um, being able to do that when it's appropriate. Again, your physical therapist. And pelvic floor specialists will go over all these things with you um, and will be able to really help create that plan of care. It can be modified at any time. But these are all things that we look at within that assessment, that pelvic floor assessment, um, and many more things. But this is a good outline today's episode of what we're looking at so that when you are educated coming into that first day, Um, and make sure that you are comfortable with that therapist um, and that they really help look at you as a whole picture, not just as a pelvis, but as a whole picture so you can optimize your pelvic floor function at, you know, at its highest. You can really optimize it so it will serve you not only to make your goals then, but for long term. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, guys, and until next time, take care. Thank you all so much for listening to North Star Physical Therapy Podcast. Continue to follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Dr. Shirley North. Check out my website at www.northstardpt.com. Or I encourage you to email me any other questions about these topics. And it can be featured at a future podcast at snorth.com at northstardpt.com. Again, thank you all so much. And thank you for letting North Star Physical Therapy be your guiding light to your optimal health.